0: Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, and welcome to the Hardcore Mortgage Real Estate Business Show. I'm Harry Glanz, and it is the 23rd of December. With us today, we have Lisa Lawson, and of course, we have Roberto Mosheen, our producer director in the booth. Um, Christmas time, Lisa Lawson. We are in the Christmas spirit. I got my hat on. I got my nasty mm-hmm.
1: sweater on. Um, what's going on at your house for Christmas, Lisa? We are fairly caught up at the moment just have all my baking to do. So no complaints. Our wrapping is done. Um, I've got a couple gifts to deliver tonight. You know, porch porch drop-off is like the new thing, right? Since you can't have these big parties. So we're going to do that tonight, a few more tomorrow. Um, Some baking to do and I'm good.
0: Well, that sounds excellent. Yeah, porch drop-off is a big thing. But also, you know what a big thing is? Having UPS or FedEx deliver your gifts. I mean, yeah. you know, if you're out of state and you have kids that live out of state, relatives, and you want to do that, Amazon Prime, FedEx, UPS, United States Postal Service, you know, that's a shout out and a public service announcement for them. And we thank them for getting, hopefully, getting uh getting the gifts there on time. So we got some mortgage business to talk about. Absolutely. What do you think about that? So here we are, capital mortgage funding powered by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, equal housing lender, NMLS number 2289, and right now, per Housing Wire, the magazine, one of the trade magazines in our industry, existing home sales, Lisa, are mm-hmm. still too hot. What do you think they mean by still too hot?
1: Well, we've talked about it so many times before, is that you list a house. And if you, if you price it properly and you haven't over, you know, overpriced it with the market, you're going to get quite a few bids. They're usually going fairly quickly, even in this market, even during the holidays. So that's what they mean by hot. So you have to be, um, do your due diligence, make sure you get the right you know, listing price on that house and be available. So they can come in and, and do their inspections and, and do their walkthroughs, but yeah, it's not going to take long.
0: At no time mm-hmm. in, in 30 plus years, Have I seen the purchase market extend this far into the season? What do I mean by season? Well, we're here in southeastern Michigan. Normally, it's snow covered, very cold outside. And you only have people that have to sell, that sell under circumstances that they're relocating, that, uh, you know, they bought another house, they have to sell their house. But right now, we're seeing so much traffic this late in the year, Lisa. And as you said, you've got to be prepared. Multiple offers. Is there a purchase agreement that you've seen lately that you've talked to a realtor that there hasn't been multiple offers?
1: Um, no, I'm trying to think. No, honestly, no. The, the last one I had without multiple offers was a landlord selling to his tenant. Um, they had a pre-arranged agreement, so it wasn't even listed on the market, and that was months and months ago. I can't even tell you the last time I saw one without multiple offers.
0: Yeah, and either of I and, yeah. I, and when I say, Lisa, when we say multiple offers, we're not just talking one other offer. Three, four, five, six other offers on there. And, and when we say the housing market is still continues to be hot this long into the season, This is what's going on. People are not taking a break. They have not because we in Michigan have a pent-up demand because, let's face it, we were shut down March, April, May. And then the offers didn't start coming in till the end of May, 1st of June. And there was all this pent-up demand. But coupled with a hot housing market, really fueling a hot housing market, everybody, Are these record low interest rates? Okay. The record low interest rates that we're seeing, and and people out there listening, and you know, you hear it all the time. You're going to see it on television, you're going to read about it online in the newspapers. When we talk about record low interest rates, you know, we always thought that in the fours were good. We thought that under four was really good. In the threes, you're seeing 15 year fixed rates, Lisa Lawson, in the mid twos.
1: Yeah. Mid twos. And even, you know, for well-qualified buyers who have a little bit of equity still in their property, you can get a 30 year rate in the high twos, you know, with no point. you know, so it's, it's unheard of. It's unprecedented. It really is. Yes. So if you've ever been on the fence and you think, well, I don't want to spend the money or I don't want to increase the mortgage, you know, balance, there's other ways to refinance to make sure those things don't happen. We can show you how, um, you know, you can bring, money to closing. You don't have to, you can roll in escrows. You don't have, I mean, there's a million different ways to structure or refinance, but this is really the time to reach out to somebody and discuss options. So you have an educated decision, not just a guesstimate, not something your neighbor said down the street. He did a purchase six months ago. It's not the same thing. So definitely reach out if it's something you're interested in doing, whether you want to lower your interest rate or lower your payment, take cash out, consolidate debt, pay off student loans, you know, anything that you think that might benefit you reach out and let us know. This is the perfect time. You know, some people like to, um, I don't want to say use their charge cards at the holiday time, but you know, cash out refinance would be a great option to pay off all that debt, you know? So credit cards are what double digit interest rates normally. And you know, so li- Interest Lisa, is that- tax deductible.
0: Right. Well, mortgage interest is tax deductible. Correct. But Lisa, for those people who suffer from, FOMO, fear of missing out. You've heard that term before, FOMO, yeah. right? We, people have FOMO for other things. You know, They have things for you know, reading a book, fear of missing out on reading a book everybody's reading, fear of missing out on watching a television show, listening to a radio program. Do people still listen to the radio, Roberto? Oh, I don't know. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I do. But anyways, I do um, too. You know, pe- people have fear of missing out on investments. People have fear of missing out on a lot of various activities. Everybody out there, this is one event that you should have fear of missing out on, and that's refinancing your house. If you don't do it now, okay, if not now, when? You've heard that old saying, if not now, when? If not now, to refinance your house, and maybe you've done it two, three, four times, you need to take a look at doing it again. Now, we caution you. Why do we caution you? Because- we're consumer advocates. We like to give the proper advice to people and steer people in the right direction. When it comes, Lisa, to their home finances. Mm-hmm. You gotta
1: sit down and you have to do the math, correct? Correct. You have to do the math. You know, refinancing doesn't always mean starting over to another 30-year term. That's what everyone keeps saying. I don't want to start over again. I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. I still owe, you know, 26 and a half years or you don't have to start over. We have 25-year terms, 20-year terms. If the 15-year term is that payment is still a bit too much for you, you're just not comfortable with that, there's other options. So definitely reach out to us. Don't feel like, you know, you just did it two years ago. There's probably no benefit. That's not the case. You know, we could, I've had people refinance a, about a year ago, and we've dropped them a whole percentage point already now. You know, obviously when we did this a year ago, we didn't think we'd be talking again that soon. Nobody anticipated rates continuing to, to plummet, but, you know, take advantage of it while you can.
0: Well, we know rates are going to start going up, Lisa, and I believe they that they will. They're already starting to go up right now, a little bit here and there. But does it really matter if you're in the low threes, high twos, mid twos? I mean, does it matter if rates go up a little, if you could secure a rate that low?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, and you, we all talk about it here, Becky Alley, Harvey, we all talk about how those eighths, you shouldn't sweat them. Because it's not about the eighth of a point. People, I don't want people to get frustrated and say, "Oh, I missed out on that 2.99 I could have got, and now I got to take a three and an eighth. Well, holidays happen, stuff happens, and maybe you couldn't get your documents in or you couldn't get started. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't evaluate it and do it, especially if you're paying four and a quarter right now or even you know four flat. You're still saving interest. It's true interest savings, not principal savings, true interest savings. And you can use that savings and put it on your principal, pay down your debt faster if you choose to do so but it's definitely time to evaluate it now. It's not going to be here forever. Rates will go up. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know when, but it is going to happen and we don't want anybody to miss out.
0: Yeah, evidence of that, and we don't want you to miss out, evidence that it's still going on right now are that mortgage refinance applications are up 124% over this same period of time last year. If that's not an indication... That people are jumping on this pretty quickly. I urge everybody to get a get a hold of your loan officer here at Capital Mortgage Funding. Make sure that we sit down with you. When I say sit down, obviously we'll do it via Zoom. We'll do it via email or text or phone, um, and we have to go over the math with you. It okay. might make sense, but then again, Lisa, there are times when a low rate a low rate doesn't necessarily make sense for somebody because. They're paying it off at a quicker pace than their existing term anyways. So if somebody's paying more money, the rate is irrelevant, correct?
1: Correct. Yes. If you're paying additional funds to principal right now, then the rate that's on your statement, I hate to say, is negligible because it's really not your actualized rate. So that's a great point. And the other point is it doesn't always benefit. I've had people call me and say, I'm going to sell my house in the spring. Rates are so low. I figured I'd refine now. No. If you're really going to sell your house and the intent is you're going to sell your house in three, four, five, six months from now, refinancing is still a cost. You are not, it's extremely unlikely, I shouldn't say not, it's extremely unlikely that you'll recoup that cost if you're going to sell your house. And if you roll in those costs into the new loan, all you're doing is taking away future proceeds that you could have made. So you have to work with someone who's honest and is going to go through these scenarios with you. Sometimes it's weird cause we're asking a lot of questions and you're like, well, I just want the lower rate. I just, you know, they don't understand, but we're trying to make sure that we're putting you in a, a loan product or putting you in the best position you can be in based on your future plans or your intent. So, you know, sometimes yes, the lowest rate out there doesn't make sense. It would make yeah. more sense for that person to list their house and get top dollar and make more proceeds if they're planning on moving in April. So
0: Lisa, a couple things about the loan process right now, whether it's for a purchase transaction or a refinance transaction, mm-hmm. we are going not only through unprecedented times and low rates, unprecedented times in a hot purchase loan transaction, unprecedented times in refinance transactions, but we're still going through this COVID period. Yeah. where things are changing on a daily basis and underwriting guidelines are changing for specific types of borrowers. Lisa, kind of go over that. And and by the way, everybody, this is the reason why it could take a little bit longer.
1: Yeah. I would say that, you know, the, spe- especially two loan types, if you're a self-employed borrower, you have to realize it's going to be a lot of documentation. Um, we have to prove that your income has not in essence changed. Um, since COVID hit. So if you have a a job that isn't affected by COVID, then you have no issue, right? If you own a company or you're self-employed that way. But if you took, you know, six months off or three months off because there was no business and everybody had shut down, underwriters don't discount that three months when you're self-employed. It's not like they take that income and now divide it by nine months. They still divide it by 12. So you can deal with some reduced income issues and a few other things with self-employed borrowers. So we want to make sure that you, know, you get your documentation in, it's fully reviewed, so we know exactly what's going on. Um, another one is jumbo loans. So jumbo loans, we talked about that a bit ago, are often investor specific. And investors usually, not always, they have overlays. And we wanna make sure that we're gonna be hitting every single you know, checkpoint that they have um, and making sure that your loan process moves smoothly. Because once it goes to an investor for review, there's nothing we can do but wait until it comes back. Sometimes they have conditions, but we wanna make it as clean as possible we want a loan to be underwritten. We like to do what we call like a one touch, possibly a two touch. Right, Harry? Get in an underwriting, get conditions, get it closed. That's it. We don't want to have it keep going back. So I think those are the two loans that are probably the most affected right now by the COVID. Right? Um, I think
0: you're. I think you hit the nail on the head, and everybody yeah. out there has to understand. We don't want to ask you for all these things. I had a conversation with a realtor this morning. Um, it was a VA transaction. A Veterans Administration transaction, one of our vets, probably served our country, buying a home first-time homebuyer. Using his eligibility, sent us his DD-214. That's mortgage lingo, Lisa. Sent us the mm-hmm. DD-214 eligibility yeah. document.
1: So
0: you have to get of eligibility, yep. Yeah, so the loan's all approved, and I sent the realtor a document that was a, a VA document, and the realtor says to me, and we need the borrower and the sellers to sign the document."
1: Mm -hmm. Well,
0: the realtor says to me, I've never seen this document before. And very politely, I said, that's okay. The document's not for you. It's for the seller and for the buyer to acknowledge Mm -hmm. that this is a VA transaction. So, you know, just because people haven't seen documents before and the relevance to this is there are a lot of things going on right now that are new. This document wasn't a new document. She just never saw it before.
1: Mm-hmm. There are
0: new documents that people are going to have to sign during mm-hmm. this COVID period of time. You touched upon it. Jumbo transactions.
1: Mm-hmm. Jumbo
0: transactions um, are any transaction now over 554 in that range. I believe it's five fifty four hundred. and
1: 548, 250.
0: There you go. Thank you, Lisa. 548, <laughs> 250. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Any, anything over 250 is considered what we call a jumbo loan, and that's really for designation for uh, Fannie, Freddie, and um, and FHA loans, which limits a little bit lower. Now, However, is is that these are investor specific loans that not everybody can do, and Correct. there aren't. So there are only about five or six places in the entire country that are are doing them. If, if, the, if you have good credit, if you have less than stellar credit, there are other places we can take the loan to. The short story goes like this. You're going to be asked for more documentation. Just provide the documentation. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. So I said to the realtor, just give me the documents.
1: Right. That's all you have to do. The
0: loan's approved. We're ready to go. We just have the buyer and seller. And there's a new thing called DocuSign, right, Lisa? Mm-hmm. We get things Correct. DocuSign. So in any event... We are going through unprecedented, unprecedented times on five different fronts, refinance, purchase, COVID, self-employed, and interest rates all at historical lows. So mm-hmm. um, that's really a synopsis of what everything, everybody's going through. It is a great time to get a mortgage. What do I mean by that, Lisa Lawson? There are no restrictions. I mean, there are more programs out there even in this COVID period of time. Talk about first-time homebuyers and talk about a mission program we have here in the state of Michigan.
1: Yep. So first-time homebuyers, there's actually quite a few programs out there, but one of the more popular ones through the state of Michigan, it's the Michigan Housing Development Authority, and they can offer down payment assistance to homebuyers who have not quite saved enough. There are income restrictions on that, and it, that income restriction is based on family size as well as the area that you're living. So I can't spit out a number right now, now and tell you what it is because I don't know if you've got four people in your family and what county you're buying in, if there's a targeted area, non targeted area, but it is very generous. It's not like you can only make 30000 or anything like that. Sales price limitation is $224,500, The so sales price cannot exceed that. But the state of Michigan will give down payment assistance up to $7,500 towards closing costs, taxes, insurance, prepaids, all these different things. So, um, you know, for someone who maybe has saved a lot of money or they saved what they thought they needed, like 3% or that 3.5% didn't realize, this is not the market that people are getting a lot of concessions. You know, people say, well, I need 6% concessions FHA. In a seller's market, that's extremely difficult, if not near impossible, to happen. So MISTA programs can fill that gap. They can pay for those closing costs and pay for those escrow account setups and your homeowner's insurance and the things that maybe you didn't have the ability to save for. So it's a phenomenal program. Um, There's quite a few of us here in the office that do it. It's one of my favorite. If you have any questions about the details, feel free to reach out and we're happy to fill you in.
0: That's wonderful. And why every state out there has some sort of bond program. Every state has a first time home buyer down payment assistance program lisa so um we're pleased with what the state of michigan is doing uh the rates and the fees on this are very very low and mm-hmm. it allows people like you said that are have certain income restrictions to buy a house and it's a very very nice first time homebuyer program absolutely all right great also lisa yes i want to ask you this question okay appraisals one of my favorite <laughs> topics What have we been seeing on appraisals? Are they coming in at purchase price? Are they coming in under? Are we seeing more or less of that? What what are
1: we seeing with regard to the appraisal
0: world right now?
1: I would like to not comment on appraisals because I don't want to jinx myself because mine has been good, knock on wood. You guys don't have a wood desk. I've actually been very fortunate um, where I have not had any appraisal issues in a very, very long time. However, it is not uncommon that... You know, the appraisals are looking at the past three months of sales and we have a multiple offer situation happening so many times, people often bid a little bit more, right? Or they'll be willing to pay 1000 2000 3000 whatever the number is over asking. Well, because that sale hasn't registered and it's almost like three months behind all the time, it's not uncommon for appraisals to lag just a little bit. So, um, you know, there's ways to deal with that. You can always try to go back and renegotiate based on appraisal price. Some people write in guarantees. Up to certain amounts and limits within the purchase agreement um but you know for the most part like i said i've been very lucky i think the majority of us here have been if it's short it's usually something that's not um not um, insurmountable that everyone can come together and come to an agreement but it isn't uncommon in this in this industry to be a couple months behind on those on those numbers
0: yeah that is that is what it is on appraisals you have to come to an agreement if something doesn't come into the purchase price there's a reason why And Mm -hmm. it is that lagging sales issue, Lisa. We've been very fortunate. It was kind of a setup question for you. We've been very fortunate that we've had very few appraisal concerns within the last two to three months due to the rising home sales Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: the numbers that are coming in. So the appraisers can go out, they can take a look at the comparable homes that have sold within that area, and they're going to come pretty close or right on that number. How Mm -hmm. does this happen? They have to take three comparable sales from the area, one mile radius. It's better to have it in the subdivision or in specifically where the subject property is very close within a few blocks. Sometimes it can happen. Sometimes they have to go out of area. But right now we're experiencing a very good time in the appraisal and value situation here in, in the state of Michigan. And actually, we do loans all over the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, we take a survey every week. And we're coming in right now, only about 2% of the appraisals that we do, are we having any issues with? Now, when I say issues, you know, it might, if it's a $300,000 house purchase price and the appraisal comes in at $298, $295, is that really an issue? I mean, I don't view it that. But if it was a $300,000 purchase and the appraisal comes in at $275, maybe you have a little larger issue. But Lisa, like you mentioned, then it goes back for negotiation. And then really you start there and say, look at, now, it all depends on what you agreed on up front. If you had an appraisal contingency in there, um, there's other documentation that can lead you to say, hey, we're going to buy the house anyway. We'll lend you the money on that house, Lisa, but we're only going to lend you on a purchase price of either whatever is lowest, the sale price or the appraised value.
1: Correct. So in your previous example at 300 and it came in at 298? then we're gonna pretend that the sales price is 298 because that's the most that we can lend. So when you're talking about down payment in, in whatever the percentage you were planning on putting on, it's gonna be based on that appraised value. But again, it, it's usually something that everybody can overcome. People can agree to either. Sometimes they split the difference. I've had people say, the seller's like, I'll reduce it a thousand, the buyer's gonna bring the extra in thousand in that example I gave. But it's, it's definitely nothing to shy away from buying your first home or second home or upgrading to your perfect home because you're worried about how the appraisal will be.
0: Excellent. Lisa, we're going to end the program on an up note. Why we have strong in, in the mortgage world. We have a strong purchase market, strong sellers market. Buyers are out there in mass looking at homes in the, at the end of December, purchase agreements are coming through. The market is very hot. The refinance market leads to loss and still very, very strong. Why record low interest rates. There's a, there's a new wealth of equity in people's homes. We don't recommend you use your houses in piggy bank, Lisa Lawson. No. However, if you've got toxic debt, credit card debt, student loan debt, and you want to pay it off, now could be a good time. So to end this conversation, I want to wish, Lisa, I want to wish you and your family, it's been a trying year for everybody during COVID. Um, we're all not working together as much in the office anymore, but we get to see each other on Zoom on calls like this. I want to wish you and your family A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. John Cole was on vacation. We wish John and his family a Merry Christmas. Lisa, Becky Alley couldn't make it. She's meeting a client right now at 11.15. She met a client. They're trading documents back and forth. And Harvey Freed is attending to an FHA transaction as we speak. So I want to wish everybody here at Capital Mortgage Funding, Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, a happy and healthy New Year. A Merry Christmas. Lisa, what do you got?
1: Same thing. We just wish everybody a very happy, healthy, you know, new year and that they'd be blessed in the new year, that their families stay safe and um, that we'll see each other obviously in the new year and uh, looking forward to meeting everybody and making things happen.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you. This has been our Christmas show edition. Got my hat <laughs> on,
1: Lisa. Got my sweater. Where's my sweater? There it is. I, I should have got my hat out. It's in my drawer. I forgot my bed.
0: I wish everybody could see Roberto. Roberto's got his hat on. Yep. Everybody out there, thank you for listening to the Hardcore Mortgage Real Estate Business Show podcast brought to you by Capital Mortgage Funding, powered by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, Equal Housing Lender, 2289 is our NMLS number. And don't forget to join us. We're going to come back in January for the Hardcore Mortgage Real Estate Business Show heard every Saturday from 9 to 10 on 97.1 FM brought to you by capital mortgage funding. Harvey Freed's our host with the most. We'll see you back here on our podcast next Wednesday. For everybody here, Lisa Lawson, John Cole, Becky Alley, Roberto Beauchene, and Harvey Freed. Everybody have a Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.